You're listening to the Catholic Fragments Podcast, where we explore the treasures of Catholicism, the fullness of truth revealed in Jesus Christ and His Church. I'm your host, Dr. Donald Wallenfang, and I invite you to join me in gathering up the fragments of the truth that sets us free. Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. A reading from the letter to the Hebrews. Faith is the realization of what is hoped for and evidence of things not seen. Because of it, the ancients were well attested. By faith, we understand that the universe was ordered by the word of God so that what is visible came into being through the invisible. By faith, Abel offered to God a sacrifice greater than Cain's. Through this, he was attested to be righteous, God bearing witness to his gifts. And through this, though dead, he still speaks. By faith, Enoch was taken up so that he should not see death. And he was found no more because God had taken him. Before he was taken up, he was attested to have pleased God. But without faith, it is impossible to please him, for anyone who approaches God must believe that he exists and that he rewards those who seek him. Glory be to the Father and to the Son and to the Holy Spirit, as it was in the beginning, is now and ever shall be, world without end. Amen. Saints Peter and Paul pray for us. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of the Catholic Fragments podcast. It's a great pleasure to be with you on this edition dedicated to the topic of faith. Faith, one of the theological virtues St. Paul mentions in 1 Corinthians chapter 13, along with hope and love. Uh, Faith is incredibly important for um, followers of Christ to believe in God, to believe that Jesus is the eternal Son of God, become human, the Savior of the world, to believe that he rose from the dead and invites us to this abundance of life, to believe in all the teachings of the Catholic Church. Uh, faith, Faith is a form of knowledge. And as we read in this letter to the Hebrews from the New Testament, faith is the realization, or in some translations, the substance of what is hoped for and evidence of things not seen. The essence of faith is a living knowledge that involves, maybe the best word isn't so much certainty, but assurance. Assurance uh, that... Uh, I can do what I can in this life. I believe that I can because I believe in the power of God at work within me. Um, So faith is huge. And today I want to feature an excerpt from 
a, a real um, classic in Catholic theology by Josef Ratzinger. Josef uh, Ratzinger, who had eventually become Pope Benedict XVI, uh, he wrote this book, uh, first published in German in the year 1968. So uh, a very tumultuous uh, decade around the world, a lot of different things uh, going on. We think of uh, the sexual revolution of the 1960s. We think of the civil rights movement in the United States, for instance. Um, we think of... Um, uh, space travel and a man stepping foot on the moon, a whole bunch of cultural changes, rapid changes in uh, technology, mass communications, uh, and uh, lots of things going on here. The Second Vatican Council of the Catholic Church takes place between the years 1962 and 1965. And so here in uh, 1968, Josef um, Ratzinger uh, is publishing this book uh, as a very prolific uh, German theologian, one of the Periti at the Second Vatican Council or theological advisors. Uh, and it's a tremendous book on believing. It's called Introduction to Christianity. And it's made its way into the English language uh, just a year later in 1969. And I want to take from the beginning of this this excellent book. It was a book I first read in my um, master's studies in theology at St. Norbert College uh, back in between the years uh, 2003-2005. Um, St. Norbert College, I was studying with uh, Dr. Howard Ebert, this class on um, uh, fundamental theology, systematic theology, and we were reading this book by Ratzinger as well as uh, Karl Rahner's uh, Foundations to Christian Faith. And this book was really uh, revolutionary. I ended up writing my master's thesis entitled The Gospel of, or actually The Good News of Jesus Christ, involving uh, this book of Ratzinger and some of his other works as in, in kind of in a, a, a happy, productive duel with uh, some of the works of Karl Rahner uh, and, and aiming at this dialectic between the two in terms of identifying what exactly is the good news of Jesus, um, how should we understand it based on uh, the Christian symbol of faith, the creed. So an introduction to Christianity, uh, Ratzinger is doing just that. He's unpacking uh, the creed and all of the rich theological content within it, beginning with the basic question of believing in God. This is uh, what has been called the preamble of faith, simply to believe that God exists, God is real, uh, and, and all that is meant by the word uh, God, which is uh, by definition, as St. Augustine says, uh, if you comprehend it in your mind, it is not God. Uh, si comprehendis non est Deus in Latin. If you comprehend it, it is not God. That makes sense because God, by definition, would exceed the capacities of our finite minds. Uh, so that's, that's the first point with belief is humility and a, a kind of intellectual precision to say that if God is real, 
the very concept of God, let alone the reality of God, exceeds my uh, imaginative, comprehensive capacities. Uh, so this is the first point. But then Ratzinger, uh, and looking at the English edition of this Introduction to Christianity, uh, starting on page 45 uh, by Ignatius Press. <clears throat> on page 45, Ratzinger says, anyone who makes up his mind to evade the uncertainty of belief will have to experience the uncertainty of belief, <laughs> which can never finally eliminate for certain the possibility that belief may, after all, be the truth it is not until belief is rejected that its unrejectability becomes evident. Ah, just, uh, this is what I love, <laughs> studying theology. Um, these kind of uh, twists of phrase that communicate <clears throat> so much truth. Great paradox here. But essentially what he's, he's saying is that if someone refuses to believe, if someone claims that all their knowledge comes by some other way than belief, than trust in some testimony from someone about such and such is the case, they're deceiving themselves. And if they try this experiment to get away without believing in anything, uh, they will find themselves <clears throat> in a very sharp contradiction, self-contradiction. And he goes on to unpack this by uh, quoting from a Jewish philosopher, a very well-known 20th century Jewish philosopher, Martin Buber. And uh, Buber shares this story of uh, a Jewish rabbi and an encounter between this um, man who thought he, he knew better than belief. You could call him a, a rationalist um, or maybe a a modern sort of atheistic scientist, um, but he calls him an adherent of the Enlightenment, thinking of the Western Enlightenment and, and um, the onset of rationalism. Uh, rationalism that is a kind of worldview that rejects any reference to God's revelation beyond the capacities of reason. So here's the story. An adherent of the Enlightenment, a very learned man who had heard of the rabbi of Berdichev, paid a visit to him in order to argue, as was his custom, with him too, and to shatter his old-fashioned proofs of the truth of his faith. When he entered the rabbi's room, he found him walking up and down with a book in his hand wrapped in thought. The rabbi paid no attention to the new arrival. Suddenly he stopped, looked at him fleetingly, and said, but perhaps it is true after all. The scholar tried in vain to collect himself. His knees trembled, so terrible was the rabbi to behold, and so terrible his simple utterance to hear. But the rabbi, Levi Yitzchak, now turned to face him and spoke quite calmly. My son, the great scholars of the Torah, with whom you have argued, wasted their words on you. As you departed, you laughed at them. 
they were unable to lay God and his kingdom on the table before you, and neither can I. But think, my son, perhaps it is true. The exponent of the Enlightenment opposed him with all his strength, but this terrible perhaps that echoed back at him time after time broke his resistance. Now I will share uh, Ratzinger's commentary on the uh, parable of Martin Buber and offer some commentary on my own. So Ratzinger goes on to reflect. Here we have, I believe, in however strange a guise, a very precise description of the situation of man confronted with the question of God. No one can lay God and his kingdom on the table before another man. Even the believer cannot do it for himself. So right there, I pause. This is a very provocative line. So even the believer in God cannot, in effect, lay God and God's kingdom on the table before him or herself. Uh, there's too much, <laughs> too much saturation involved. I can't place God and God's kingdom before me like an object, like my cell phone, like my wallet, uh, like a, a basketball or something. This haunting, perhaps it is true, lingers, lingers in the intellectual chambers of every human being, if we're honest with ourselves. Um, so both the believer and uh, the non-believer are in the same boat here. Uh, no one can perfectly lay God in his kingdom plainly in view, even before oneself. Ratzinger goes on, But however strongly unbelief may feel justified thereby, it cannot forget the eerie feeling induced by the words, yet perhaps it is true. That perhaps is the unavoidable temptation it cannot elude, the temptation in which it too, in the very act of rejection, the rejection of belief, has to experience the unrejectability of belief. In other words, both the believer and the unbeliever share, each in his own way, doubt and belief, if they do not hide themselves and from the truth of their being if they do not hide from themselves and from the truth of their being. Neither can quite escape either doubt or belief. For the one, the believer, faith is present against doubt. For the other, the unbeliever, the atheist, uh, belief, faith, is present through doubt and in the form of doubt. It is the basic pattern of man's destiny only to be allowed to find the finality of his existence in this unceasing rivalry between doubt and belief, temptation and certainty. This is very eloquently put by Ratzinger, and I've, I concur, incredibly true, that uh, someone who believes in God, believes in Jesus, his church, has faith. But what faith is, is contention, contending against doubt. If I have no doubts, if I have no cause for questioning, 
have no need for faith. This is how all the virtues work. For example, courage, fortitude. If I have no fear, if I have no temptation to, toward timidity, then I have no need to be courageous. Uh, but faith is something that's at work. It's active. It's struggling, uh, like Jacob wrestling with God through the night. This is faith. It's not one and done. It's not once and for all. I believe and I don't struggle with any doubts. Doubts always present themselves, even to the greatest saints, within that darkest night of the soul. Doubts arise like the head of Medusa, and faith resists because it renounces the temptation of unbelief. But unbelief itself is a form of belief in the very form of doubt. I doubt that God exists. I doubt that, that Jesus is the Savior of the world. I doubt that God became flesh through the womb of the Blessed Virgin Mary. All of these doubts are a form of belief in the form of the negative. So again, every human being is in the same boat, the same existential situation, the same uh, predicament. We must uh, cast our ascent in one direction or another. Um, and th this is helpful to think about. So it's not that like, uh, there are certain people that know with absolute certainty what is true. Every person wrestles vis-a-vis uh, -vis the otherness, the alterity of the truth, both presented in reason and divine revelation. But it's that happy space, that otherness, that, that gives us, that gives us the full privilege of making the greatest decision the greatest act of freedom for or against truth, for or against God, for or against the question of God. For Christianity, the question of God is the highest prize. Everything meant by the word God is everything possible and at the same time, everything actual, everything true, good, beauty, worthy of praise. To continue with Ratzinger's reflection, he says, perhaps in precisely this way, doubt, which saves both sides, the believer and the unbeliever, from being shut up in their own worlds, could become the avenue of communication. It prevents both from enjoying complete self-satisfaction. It opens up the believer to the doubter and the doubter to the believer. For one, it is his share in the fate of the unbeliever. For the other, the form in which belief remains nevertheless a challenge to him. So uh, incredible theology by, from Joseph Ratzinger become Pope Benedict Sixteenth. This was a text that really has spoken to me since I first read it, again, back between the years of 2003, 2005, somewhere in there. And, uh, and I, re I remember um, struggling 
in my young adulthood with uh, believing in God, even as I was working my way reading through the whole Bible um, and talking to with my dad about it and and saying I'm struggling with, with this unbelief and I was kind of experimenting. What if God does not exist? What if God is not real? And being tempted by this radical materialist worldview uh, and this rationalist kind of um, position that itself uh, becomes rather uh, reductionistic and irrational. Uh, but talking with my dad, he helped me, um, and it now with some uh, profound new um, uh, stroke of eloquence of wisdom, but a very practical kind of wisdom. He said, "You know, you're 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 really racking your brain over the scripture, and and you're you're going full throttle. Maybe just." just relax a little bit <laughs> and uh, maybe just take a, take a little break and come back to it. Um, and I think oftentimes that's what we need to do when we're struggling with these, these deep questions and things. Um, <clears throat> go for a walk. Do something simple, enjoyable. Enjoy uh, some of the good, wholesome things life has to offer that I would say ultimately are God's gifts uh, as I continue to believe, I continue to assent to this fullness, I believe, of God's revelation in and through the one holy Catholic and apostolic church. But yeah, around the time of my young adulthood, I remember um, in Higman Park where I grew up, uh, going out and sitting, taking that break and sitting in, in the front beautiful flower garden um, in, uh, in our front yard of our home and uh, sitting down on the bench and just looking at all these beautiful, different, diverse flowers, purple and red and yellow, uh, green, just all these different colors, just so vibrant in the sunshine and the bumblebees flying across and, and just thinking to myself that this couldn't come out of nowhere. That, that this itself was a revelation. And eventually to join the company of St. Bonaventure and recognizing the two books of Revelation, the revelation of Scripture and the revelation of creation. <clears throat> so it's a great joy to share with you a text from Joseph Ratzinger that really has inspired me, continues to inspire me to this day and throughout the years. And that's just the tip of the iceberg in this book. Uh, I'll put a link to the, the book and the, 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 the description of the podcast. Uh, if you can check it out more, if you haven't gotten a chance to read this book, it's one of the greatest in 20th century um, Catholic theology called Introduction to Christianity by Joseph Ratzinger. And uh, the text I was looking at there again was pages 45 through 47 in the English translation. So um, hopefully this podcast is an encouragement to you uh, to keep on asking those deep questions concerning God, the meaning of life, um, the struggles you're going through, and to lean in once again to this great virtue of faith, which itself is a gift from God that empowers us toward that fullness of truth that saturates every rational attempt at its capture. 
Thank you for joining me on the Catholic Fragments podcast, where you are equipped to think toward the whole, to pray from the heart, and to live as a witness.